Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Can I just get straight into my thought today, which is God causes. And uh, most of us understand the principle, the concept of cause and effect. Uh, That is, um, cause and effect is the relationship between two things when one thing makes something else happen. For example, we had 150 mils of rain, the flood across the road, uh, the park across the road flooded. The alarm was not set. You ended up at work late. One cause, the other an effect. I want to have a look at this thought today that God has promised you and I, because we love Him and are called according to His purposes, that God will cause all things to work together for the good of those who are called according to His purpose. Can we read that Scripture today? Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. It is great that you love God. But respectfully speaking, can I say to you, if all you do is love God, big deal. What's not to love about God? It's good that you love God. But here it says that if you love God and are called according to His purposes, or can I say to you this way, and respond to the purposeful call that He has upon your life, then He will cause everything to work together for your good. For God knew His people in advance and He chose them to become like His Son so that His Son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them right standing with Himself. And having given them right standing, He gave them His glory. There are five influences in your life today. There are influences that resulted from you. You initiated them. You didn't set the alarm. There are natural influences. The rain outside right now is a natural influence that will influence the way that you drive home. Others influence your world. You didn't get to choose where you were born, where you went to school. Someone else chose that for you. Then there are God influences. He sends His messengers of faith, hope and love into your life. And as a result of that, you get to choose to respond. And then obviously there's the guy in the red suit with the horns on his head. But unfortunately, he doesn't come in a red suit with horns on his head. And that's not Father Christmas. <laughs> he comes, he comes to rob, listen to me, he comes to rob, steal and, steal and destroy. And he's in everything is not the devil, and everything's not your parents. Some of it's you. Just saying, loving God is not enough for him to sort out your entire life and make it work. He actually wants to sort it out and make it work. Bad choices, good choices. He says, it doesn't matter. I'm going to sort it out and make it work. Just two conditions. Just two conditions, love God and respond to the call of God upon your life in a purposeful manner. In this portion of Scripture, we get divisions in Christianity of thoughts and one of them is a technical 
term that they call predestination. The basic thought that comes out of that is God chose those that will end up in heaven and those that will end up in hell. But actually, it's not what the Bible says about predestination. Here in this portion of Scripture, I want to read it to you because it's so flipping powerful. And that's a sanctified Christian swear word, flipping. That's about as gnarly as it gets. Here it is from one of the original translations, the New King James in verse 29. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Listen, your predestination is this. You have a predisposition to become like Jesus. You are predesigned to become like Him. So stop resisting the process. Let it flow from His Spirit to yours and then let it flow out of your life. The predestined, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna serve a God or worship a God that somehow magically before time began chose who was going to heaven and who was going to hell. I believe with all of my heart, according to Scripture and the character of God, that God predisposed you to come like His Son. So it doesn't matter how unlike His Son you are right now, He's put something on the inside of you so that you can become like Him. And because you can become like Him, then you can move into the purposes of God. So as a result of that, I thought it would be helpful to look at four purposes God works into your character so that He can work everything else out in your life. Is it okay to have a look at that? I might give them to you all first and go back and have a look at them. Number one, His purpose is to cause you to give more than you take. Number one. Number two, that you would learn more than you teach. I'm so fascinated how our world is obsessed with becoming a teacher for everyone. I mean, all you gotta do is have an experience, start an Instagram account, bingo. You're a teacher, an influencer. Number three, forgive more than you offend. And number four, progress more than you regress. Let's go back and have a look at number one. The first thing that God works this into you. I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you came out of the world into the Kingdom of God and decided to surrender to Christ, He caused this thing to change on the inside of you. And whether you liked it or not, He wanted you to be generous. He wants you to be generous. He wants you to give more than you take. I was told before I came to Christ that there were only two types of people in the world, givers and takers. And it was said with such attitude that I just thought, you're either a giver or a taker. But actually God wants all of us in the Kingdom to be givers. Give more than we take. Couple of statements, when a man becomes rich, Either God gains a partner or the man loses his soul. As thunder follows lightning, giving follows grace. When God's grace touches you, you can't help but respond with generosity. Human nature tends towards greed. I know we don't like to talk about it, but the reality is we need to because human nature tends towards greed. Greed defined as trying to acquire more than you need or more than is fair. For us online and in person, this is, this is a heavy one. So you might wanna breathe in. I, I would take a big, deep breath in right now. Your bank account and credit card statements are theological documents. 
They reveal who and what we worship. Bit gnarly out of Scripture though, you can read it. It's in, it's in the Old and the New. God's nature is to give more than He takes. Everywhere we go in life, we are conditioned to think, what do I get in return? At work, in your business, your membership, your streaming service, your beauty treatment ladies, eating out, you're always thinking, what am I gonna get in return? But here's the problem with that for you and I. The Kingdom of God does not work like that. Actually, I'd say to you, life does not work like that. You reap what you sow. And and don't add on to that. You reap what you sow, but not where you sow. Give to give and let God take care of the harvest. Number two, learn more than you teach. You know, I think in our world today, and I've noticed that I've done it at times, that we have become what I would call autobiographical teachers. We have this autobiography of our life and out of that we teach others. This is what happened to me. This is what I did. This will work for you. Maybe, but probably not. And that's one of the key issues that we've got going on in our world today. Why does it probably not work? I'll tell you why. Because first of all, we've got to understand the context, the predispositions, the skill sets, the stage of life and capacities for that individual. And they're just some of the things that need to be considered before we can really teach someone in a helpful way. You know, the Bible says that back 2000 years ago, it says, yeah, I got many teachers, very few fathers. So when it comes to learning in life, that must be our number one pursuit. We must be the kind of people that wake up every morning and realise that we're going back to school. You didn't leave school at year 12. You didn't leave school because you got your doctorate or your bachelor's degree or your master's. Every time we wake up, we are entering into the school of life. Are you with me? And as a result of that, Scripture clearly says that the number one teacher, that we need to submit to, the number one teacher that we need to be allowed to be our tutor is God Himself. The secret to progressing in life is to wake up every day and go to school. In fact, if you think about what is the most popular narrative that we are told to pursue in life, it is happiness, is that right? All I want is to be happy. Well, it's okay as long as it makes them happy. Well, I want to ask the question, what really makes you happy? I tell you what makes you happy. I know someone just shouted out, the Lord makes me happy. And and if people are listening online, someone would go, oh, that guy's a nutter. (laughs) I don't think that. But some of you out there will. Because the spiritual things cannot be understood until you're awakened on the inside by God. Is that right? But can I suggest to you that happiness is all about progress. When you stop progressing, you stop being happy. Most of us are mature enough and adult enough. Can we have an adult conversation, by the way? Most of us are adult enough to understand that life can be difficult. But as long as you're making progress, you're gonna find yourself happy, satisfied, content at the end of the day because you move forward. And I would say to you that here in John chapter 14, verse 26, 
Jesus gave us great insight. He said, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you everything I have told you. What an incredible promise that even if you forget, like I have this great gift of forgetting where I put things. I don't know if anyone else has that problem, but I have a gift. I rarely lose things, but I misplace things on an hourly basis. And here, Jesus said, it doesn't matter, Claude, we know you got those limitations, faults, weaknesses, but I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make sure the Holy Spirit reminds you of the things that you need to be reminded of so that you can continue to progress so that you can be a life learner. I have become reluctant to teach others things until God really releases me to do it because I've discovered there's a lot of junk being taught today and it's not necessarily from people that have a wrong motive. They are sincere, just sincerely wrong. When you allow the Holy Spirit to be your ultimate teacher, the first thing that happens is that knowledge won't puff you up with pride because you understand the knowledge did not originate with you. You'll learn more than any human or institute can teach you because He is the ultimate teacher. And you'll learn everything you need to progress in life. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we cannot be taught by others, but ultimately we need to be taught by the Lord. Ultimately, we need to enter into the school of the Spirit where He can pull you up on that little thing. If your wife does, oh my gosh, there's gonna be pots and pans moving in the shelves. No, maybe not. But there will be shots fired. (laughs) Shots will be fired. But if the Holy Spirit says it to you, it's like, got it. Yep, done deal. Number one, give. Could you take a message for me, please? Number one, give more than you take. Number two, teach, uh, sorry, learn more than you teach. Number three, forgive more than you offend. Uh, I'd like to say forgive and never offend. But here's the truth. If you live by truth, you will offend. Forgive more than you offend. And I only know one way to demonstrate this, and that is this, that when someone offends you, it often originates in their baggage. It's the first thing you've got to understand. When you are offended by someone, often it originates in their baggage. And I don't know if you've recognised it, and now the mystery is over. Everybody has baggage. Most of us have had it so long that we are no longer conscious of it. And every time you take on offence, you simply pick up somebody else's baggage, often without realising it. And that baggage obviously was not made for you. (laughs) But you picked up the offence and you carried it. And after the first one, you tend not to really notice much different. Like I could wear my baggage all day long, walk around with it, drive a car, well, maybe not drive a car. 
without noticing it. But with my baggage, it's quite simple for me to continue on in life. Not realising, however, that when I pick up an offence, I then pick up the baggage of somebody else. Forgive more than you offend. It's not possible to live this life, I don't think, without getting offended. But what is possible is that we can live this life without the weight and the baggage that comes with it. And I don't know about you, I never used to think I had baggage. (laughs) I, I, I thought I was, is that a copy or is that real? A copy, don't tell everyone. I never know. Now, I'm really humbled by the fact that this goes out online (laughs) and it's no longer our secret. (laughs) But if you live life this way, pretty soon everyone's going to know that you're the bag lady or the bag guy. And none of us were really designed to live that way. Scripture says that we're supposed to live light and free. And the solution is not to go back to the individual and give them their baggage back. The solution is just to drop the baggage. And I think as you continually to do that, somehow whatever's in your bag can get a whole lot lighter. Because that's the way God designed us to live. Light and free. Light and easy. Sounds like a good catchphrase for an ad. Give more than you take. Learn more than you teach. Not everything you know really needs to be taught right now. Forgive more than you offend. Every time you take on an offence, you really pick up a part of somebody else's baggage. And I don't know about you, that's a heavy way to live. In Micah chapter 4 and verse 6, I was spending some time with Jesus. There's a great song out recently that simply goes down the line. I was talking to Jesus and it's the story of a young guy growing up in church and how his mum taught him to talk to Jesus and then he taught his son how to talk to Jesus and I was talking to Jesus this week and I was sitting in bed and as I was doing that, he came back at me and said, listen, mercy is not one of my weaknesses. And I kind of went, holy dooly, whoa, 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 wait, wait, come back up the bus, tell me that again. Mercy is not one of my weaknesses. Actually, if you're thinking about it, God doesn't have a weakness. But then He began to speak to me about the fact that you've got to understand that when you choose mercy, you are not revealing weakness, you are revealing strength. In Micah chapter 6, when we're talking about the purposes of God, this is what Micah said. He said, No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good and this is what He requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. 
Can I encourage you today? Drop the offence. Show mercy. You'll never know when you'll need it yourself. And then finally, progress more than you regress. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 21 says this, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Now, I'm just going to assume for a moment that you guys already understand the concept that when you come to Christ, He says a new life has begun. And He said the old man has died. Now, ladies, that's not a reference to your husband. That's a reference to your old life. The old man has died. But in the same way it says he has died, it says you've got to throw off the old nature, throw off the old baggage, throw off the old things. Here's what I have learned and maybe you have also, is that sometimes we relapse. The old guy gets resurrected. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? And so in terms of God working His purposes through your life so that He can work out all the effects of your life to become good for you, it is important for us to understand what to do when we have a relapse. Because so long as you progress more than you regress, God can cause everything in your life to work together for good. What do you do when you have a relapse? You've got to enter the new day. I am so thankful that today is a new day because you know what happened today? I got a brand new set of mercies today given to me. And I'm about you got a brand new set of mercies given to you. And in terms of closing the door on the past, which is kind of where we started this message, you've got to understand that closing the door is more powerful than opening a new door if that one's not closed. When we wake up the next morning and understand that His mercy is new every morning. I went to that portion of Scripture this morning and I've become, I've become gun shy about just reading the verse. I've, I've kind of gone, no, I'm not going to just read the verse on a no, I'm going to read the chapter before and I now know why it's called the Book of Lamentations. Gosh, it's a sad book. In fact, this chapter where we're just going to read a couple of verses, it's a very sad chapter. It's like, oh, I was kind of edging on not happy before reading this. God, now I am depressed. I'm like, seriously, why did you have this stuff in here? If you were such a positive God, why didn't you leave the negative stuff out? Because He can handle the negative. He has the solution for it. In verse 22, it says, The faithful love of God never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank You that today You're giving us an opportunity to close the door on a disappointment, to close the door on a betrayal, to close the door on an area of brokenness, to close the door on a dream that died so that God, 
You can open the door that will resurrect the dream. You can open the door that will heal the brokenness. You will open the door that will allow us to move from guilt and shame into goodness and mercy. God, thank You that You have promised that You'll cause all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes. God, we right now thank You that this new strength that we're finding as we wait on You is a strength that will allow us to give more than we take, learn more than we teach, forgive more than we offend and progress more than we regress. In Jesus' Name. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.